now I'm discovering like people really like hearing other people share their stories and talk about their vulnerabilities and what they've accomplished and what they've been able to do despite having those issues. But it's been so fun. And like, I've met so many cool people because a lot of people that I've met that do comedy are a lot like people I've met in recovery. Like there's something broken, there's something wrong. And that's why they do what they do. Hey everyone, this is Helene from Coming From The Heart Podcast, an inspirational and motivational podcast about mental health, mindfulness, speaking your truth and never feeling alone. Going out with friends should be really, really fun. You don't want to worry about drink spiking or roofing. That is why I have partnered with Nightcap, as seen on ABC's Shark Tank. They are the drink spiking solution. And their innovative products slip over the coupled bottle. And voila, they got you covered. Please use promo code CFTH for 20% off your purchase. How you doing, Colin? What's going on with you? And welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me on, first of all. And you're very welcome. Yeah. For being being flexible. We figured it out. We Scheduling did. with other podcasters is the biggest <laughs> nightmare ever. I know okay. that because I, I I've tried to have other podcasters. Just the schedule is so crazy. Yeah, and, I know. Um, it's crazy. But yeah, things are going well. It is very cold here in Iowa. It's like 23 degrees or something like that. I haven't stepped foot outside today. I work from home, so. Okay, I got uh, it. I'm eventually going to be outside for a moment to go get my get my cousin a ride. But other than that, okay, I, I'm sticking inside. It's, Love uh, it. Love it. I need to get some gym, more gym equipment at home because I'm deterring myself from going to the gym. Got I'm it. I'm already tricking myself into. Okay. So I need to set up a plan because I like going to the gym. Yeah. But I don't like cold. So mm, that could be a problem in Iowa. It can be a problem. Yeah. yeah. Be a problem. Okay. Already, I like your vibe. I liked your vibe from seeing all the stuff that you're up to from Instagram. And of course, I try to stay busy yeah. on there. Yeah. Yeah. You sent me a little short bio moments ago. And I always have to give a shout out to my girl, my girlfriend. And I love her. Of course, Rena Watts Freeman. Rena is the shit. She oh is God. the shit. Do we love her? So much. She like, I didn't ask for all this promotion. She gives me free promotion all the time. Just like, yeah, she does. I know. She's cool. I'm like, I owe you okay. so much. We do. We do. We, we got to go to her. Texas. We got to yeah. go to Texas. And just I want to go to Texas anyway. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. Colin, we'll go. So guys out there, Colin has come on to say hi. If I say your name correctly, it's Colin Strayjack. Yeah, Strayjack. Yep. That is a very interesting last name. We're going to have to get to that in a moment. We will. We will. We will. You're a podcaster. I'm a podcaster, so I yeah. already like you. Mm -hmm. You talk about meaningful conversations, so we're going to go dive into that a little bit. You are a mental health advocate, and so am I. You're a yeah. stand-up comedian, which that is my aspiration, besides many other things I want to do in my life. Oh, it's never too late. Comedy, humor, sarcasm is embedded in the DNA since the time I was a child. It's just something that I have, something that I've inherited to my children. My daughter's really funny in that we just are extreme observers of life, mm -hmm. and that's what it's about. 
So we, we take in a lot of information that people really don't really pay attention to. And I think that has so much to do. And I, I want to talk about your world of comedy, about your own life, about making fun of yourself. And I believe that is really yeah, the secret sauce yeah. Yeah, of a lot of comedy out yeah. there. So I totally want to talk on that. You're an entrepreneur and you host, of course, the Modern Day Overthinker podcast, which I love <laughs> your title. Me OCD. Yeah, oh too. my God. Love, love it. Yeah. Love it. What else can I tell you? Welcome to the podcast. And thank you for giving me your time in cold Iowa. So how you doing tonight? Yeah, I'm in a in warm house. Iowa. I'm in a warm okay. house. So we're good. And we're good. My right. uh, 20 year old heater is still working. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get it checked on because my dad's oh my God. I was talking to my dad yesterday. He's like, you should do that because you know it's going to break yeah. down on a Saturday or a holiday. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, happens. no. Oh, no. So Before we start having you chat, I got to just ask you, what are you doing in Iowa? Why Iowa? How'd you get to Iowa? Yeah. And how did you connect to Rena? Those are the pivotal questions that I want to talk about. Yeah. So yeah. Iowa is home. i Born and raised here. I've I've moved around a little bit. I lived in the Chicago area for a little bit, which is about three hours from where I am. I'm from the Quad Cities, which is like a little bit ah. more well known if I if I broaden it that way. So yeah, I lived there for a while. I went to school in Cedar Falls, where the University of Northern Iowa is. So I've lived Got in it. other places, but mainly the Midwest, obviously. And Rena, I came across through a podcast page, I believe, and she po was posting a lot in there. And I think I I saw her. She has a really cool artwork <laughs> for her podcast, and it caught my eye. Mm -hmm. I think I added her, and I just like I commented on something, and I was like, we should network or we should link right. up, and then we just like made it happen. I still haven't had a chance to get on her schedule to record for her like i was yeah. saying scheduling but uh it's tough i was able to it's have tough. her on my podcast which was great hearing her story and all the stuff mm -hmm. that she's gone through and the work that she's done is just crazy she's and she's just like always going always <laughs> she is always going yeah but like i said earlier we gotta go i want some of that energy visit. i want some, i know yeah i know right i know so okay let's hear your story Let's go back from the time you were, let's see, you were a teenager. You realized you had some OCD going on Yep. at that time. You're, look, you're not that old. You're a young guy. But at that time, people didn't really talk about mental health so much. Not as much. No, it was kind of a, yeah. it was kind of a wrench uh, thrown into my family. But luckily, my parents were very smart and they were very on top of things so, okay we didn't know what i had we just thought i had anxiety of some sort which was ocd as an anxiety disorder so right but i was having a lot of uh intrusive thoughts and doing compulsions and like washing my hands like so much so they were raw like doing th things like that that obviously were not normal for lack of a better way to put it so I sought help through my guidance of my parents. I was like 13, maybe 14 at the time. I know I was just okay. starting eighth grade when the, all this happened. Um, it kind of hit me like that age mm -hmm. is weird anyway. I just got hit like a ton of bricks and I was just like, uh, what is going on? 
And because before that, I didn't really have any issues. I was always very quick witted and very like on top of things and also just like very social and didn't really worry. I, I really didn't have a care in the world before that. Like I, it felt like from what I can remember. And then all of a sudden it was like, let's worry about everything. Yeah. And let's worry yeah. about the most ridiculous catastrophized things that we can think of in our head. Mm. And that's basically what happened. And so luckily I was diagnosed with OCD very quickly. They actually, I went to one specialist who diagnosed me bipolar within like 15 minutes. My parents were like, we know bipolar. We don't know a lot, but we know bipolar. He's not bipolar and quickly went to a different specialist. And he was like, oh yeah, he, is, he has OCD and this is what OCD is because my parents didn't really know. Sure, of course. And a lot of people still don't really fully understand OCD. I talk to people about it all the time or correct people like, Yes. When I have the energy, when people are like, oh, I'm so OCD, I'm like, please don't say that. Like, (laughs) or I just laugh. Right. I understand. You're not. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Because you know what it is, Colin? People throw around terminology a lot. Oh, I have anxiety because you're having an anxious moment. And we all know that anxiety, or maybe we all don't know, but I'll clarify, is not a bad thing. Anxiety is this rush of or this adrenaline or this it's the protecting part of yourself Mm -hmm. but what happens is that it becomes compulsive in a lot of ways i have a lot of uh, anxiety i never had anxiety my entire life and four years ago i went through vertigo and that's the podcast why in the how of me and I was left with a lot of uh, PTSD from vertigo and a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. that I, I work through on a daily. And people that don't know, like having OCD or having any type of disorder, I've had people that come onto this podcast that have um, bipolar mm-hmm. and they're living amazing, productive lives. It's not like, ooh, back in the day when you were put in some special place. Yeah, you're put in an institution. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And thank God that we've come so far in a lot of situations. The pandemic has taught us a lot in that silver lining about oh. people having certain disorders and being able to cope with them. And that's why I feel honored to speak to you so freely on this podcast about my own personal and your personal and just kind of dive into it because people go through a lot of stuff. But back to what I was saying a moment ago, I just want you to comment that people sort of just don't understand and they sort of use these words very generically. Yeah. Yeah. Anxiety, depression, OCD. That's right. That's right. There's so many. That's right. right. So when you were saying, so you you stop people politely to say, I mean, you're not going to give the full blown definition. I don't do it all the time. I I used to do it more. I've kind of got off my high horse on it. And I just don't okay. have the energy and I don't want to cause like, a, I don't want to argue with people either. Sure. I understand that. I understand that. But it's just like at the same time, what I've been doing is I'll, I'll try to make like a post about it or like during OCD awareness week, I made sure I made a post trying to explain what OCD actually is and how it relates to okay. me. It's frustrating. And I don't want to be like the, that guy, like that gets super triggered and like over like exaggerates things. It's just all I want to say is if you only really knew like what OCD was, you I wouldn't wish OCD upon anyone. Like it's the worst thing I've ever had to deal with. Yeah, of course. And I I understand. And I've dealt with substance abuse and I OCD is way worse than substance abuse in my mind. Not okay. that it was easy either, but of course. But also I think it kind of meshed together 
because I'm obsessive about things and I, you know, being an addict, it's just like, it's a terrible combination. And also I was trying to fix myself. And now that I'm level-headed and able to have honest conversations with doctors and I'm on medication, I'm not ashamed of that. I still haven't got it completely right. And it's, it's a process. Absolutely. And I'm willing to do that and I'm willing to do whatever it takes, even if it's trying, you know, stuff that is not as traditional or new approaches, just because there's nothing that's like, hey, take this pill. If you have OCD, this one pill and you'll be fine. It doesn't work that way. I know a lot about what you're talking about, so I completely get it. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that don't get it. And there's a lot of people that want to get it that need to be educated. So that's okay. So let's go back a little bit to, so you were a child, well, a teenager, you know, going through OCD, you went to college, obviously you dealt with a lot of stuff in college that was, you know, OCD related. You went out into your professional world. What was your first job getting out into the world and how did you deal Mm -hmm. with mental health stuff and navigate through? And then of course, I want to land where we want to talk about what you're doing now, but I want to hear a little bit about your journey. Yeah. So my first job out of college. So what I did is when I immediately graduated, I graduated in December because I had to do an extra semester. I transferred schools. So I graduated from St. Ambrose University, which is here where I live in Davenport. I was talking to my brother one day and he lives in Chicago and has lived there for a long time. And he's like, just come live here. You can sleep on our couch. He was, he was, he was newly married, like not even married a year. And he's just like offered this up. Luckily, him and my sister-in-law were cool with it. And I was like, all right, I don't he's like, you need to get out, you need to get out of the quad cities. Like you've been there for too long. You're gonna find a better job out here. So I moved out there, started applying for jobs. It took me probably about a month to find a job, maybe. And um I ended up getting a job at a windows and roofing company. I did door-to-door sales. I love it. Throughout the <laughs> Chicago land area. Love so it. knocked Got on it. doors, learned a lot about rejection, learned a lot about <laughs> facing fears head on. And yeah. yeah, I did that for about six months. And then it was starting, I was like, winter's coming up and they don't stop. I'm like, I'm not doing this in the winter. This is terrible. And yeah, it's already sure. terrible anyway. So right. I moved out to Schaumburg, which is one of the suburbs. And I uh, ended up working in Arlington Heights for a company called restaurant.com doing cold calling sales. I did that for not even six months. And then I was like, I, I need to go back home. I hate it here. Okay. <laughs> Especially the <laughs> suburbs. If I would have stayed in the city, it might've been a little bit different, but I couldn't afford it. And I, I really didn't find what I wanted to do and wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. And I was just kind of going with the flow. And I also like wasn't super ambitious at the time. I was very much like still like wishing I was in college, wishing I was be able to party whenever I wanted to. And I still did a lot of the time. And it's just like, I can't live this lifestyle. It took me a while to learn that that didn't happen Mm. until I was 27. So got it. Yeah. Got it. Question. What was your major in college? What were you focusing on? Marketing. So, okay. So marketing, sales, so that kind of... Yeah, it kind of coincides, yeah. yeah. Got it, got it. So when you were... I I was in sales. That was my beginning of my life. So I I mean, we sell our podcasts. You're yeah, always yeah. selling something, yep. right? So it's an amazing... 
background base, I think, for a lot of people to, yeah, to really have. I'm, yeah. I'm not against going back into it either. It's just like at that point in my life, it's just such a grind. And I was already struggling mentally, but it had to be the right type of sales, like that cold calling sales, like oh, gosh, literally at restaurant.com, not to put them on blast. They, they probably don't even <laughs> do the same thing anymore, but they used to, if you didn't meet your numbers two months in a row, you're fired. You're done. Oh, wow. Like wow. it was wow. boiler room. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. That's hard. Yeah. My daughter's in sales. So like she's in pharmaceutical sales. So okay. it's like a little bit different, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I did hardcore sales. I would drive up to crazy stuff. I was in an area. Let's see. When I came out of college, I was in beach sales. When I say beach, like going to beach communities, selling t-shirts. I had a boyfriend in college. Like that was my first take on really hardcore okay. sales drive up to a strip mall. Oh, that looks like a good store. Go in and give the pitch. I have to say, you know what? I probably could sell you anything because I think I have that within me yeah. innately, but I'll give the butt. But sales is hard. Sales is hard. It is. So you morphed in from your sales world to, can we talk a little bit about, well, first of all, let's talk about what you're doing now, like how you've segued. Yeah. So I got out of the sales world probably when I was like 24, 25. And I segued into doing customer service. So, and I've also done social media and like online marketing stuff, like on and off for many, many years. Oh, okay. Just cool. like on the side, but now I'm trying to do it full-time. I don't mm -hmm. do it full-time. Now I work for a company that does benefits, third-party benefits admin, and I am a currently an acting supervisor, but a I, my official title is I'm a lead advocate, so I help other people who are on the phones deal with escalations, get yelled at sometimes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh boy. So I do a oh, lot boy. of that. Yeah. Oh boy, that does not sound fun, Colin. That does uh, not. Sound yeah, it's not fun, but it's challenging. I get to put out fires and fix things. I like fixing things. Okay. Yeah. So that actually is something I enjoy. It. It's never the same day. I like that because okay. I don't like monotonous. I can't do like crunching spreadsheets, yeah. doing yeah. data entry all day because I've done that Love and it's it, it would drive yeah. me insane. Yeah, I don't think I would be there either. Okay, doing that stuff. So that's your full-time gig. Yes. So let's talk about podcasting. Yeah. Let's talk about, I love your, your brand, MD Overthinker. Where did that come from? When did you start doing that? Yeah, so the name came out of nowhere it was something that i was i was under the influence uh at the time and i oh, can't no. okay and i, right. and I <laughs> hey not everything ha that happened when i was under the influence was bad I, I i can't say that i would be lying so that's okay basically i remember being in chicago i was when i was living in the city i did have a place in the city i had three other roommates because i couldn't live alone because i couldn't afford it and I remember like being on the back porch, hanging out and just thinking this is when Twitter was like at its peak when it first started, mm -hmm. Got it. really gained a lot of traction. And I, I was an early adapter on Twitter and I remember just tweeting modern. I just tweeted modern day overthinker because I was like, just so stuck in my <laughs> head. And then it just yeah. stuck with me. And I was just like, all right, when I decided to create the podcast, which at first was going to be a blog, not a podcast. Cause I used to do blogging. Then I had some friends. I talked 
to them they were like you should do a podcast and then i was like all right well i'll try it and then i did my first episode with a couple of friends and then kind of just i wasn't sure what exactly what i wanted to do with it and then mm-hmm. it kind of evolved from there and then now i'm discovering like people really like hearing other people share their stories and talk about their vulnerabilities and what they've accomplished and what they've been able to do despite having those issues and it's been very inspiring for a lot of people there's been a couple times where i thought about throwing the towel and just be like i'm done or taking a break and then somebody reaches out to me and they're like please don't i'm just like all right i guess i gotta (laughs) keep going that's all it really takes is one person to tell me that my an episode they really enjoyed or like changed the way they felt about something or changed their day whatever it was just like all right i gotta keep doing this so gotta keep doing it fine i love that yeah tell us about blogging i never blogged i was never a blogger i don't know much about it i could have been it i don't know yeah i mean if you like writing it's uh it's yeah i do yeah so i always liked writing it's mainly how i got through college i was really good at writing last minute too like you give me like the <laughs> night before just cramming out a paper. I did that so oh, boy. so many times. Oh, yeah, no. textbook okay. procrastinator. So basically, blogging it got really popular in. I mean, it's been popular since like the early two thousands, but there was a really really good time to be a blogger, and it was probably from when I when I was doing it. I started blogging in two thousand ten, two thousand eleven. Okay. It was when I started a college brand called Now That's College with my buddy. Um, ah. And we would we started on Twitter and we kind of like took off from there. We gained a really big following. So we started blogging about stuff and different stories that happened on different campuses or just different mm. interesting things that we thought that the audience would enjoy. It's usually dumb like partying stuff funny stuff whatever entertainment stuff and it did really well for a little while and then eventually I graduated and kind of you know got older and I was like I tried to keep it going and my friend kind of like dropped off and he just like he checked out and he wasn't Ah. doing it anymore so I was kind of doing it by myself and did that for a little while so at one time I had a few different cool things go viral and like picked up by other basically blogs like piggyback off other blogs and they'll like reference Mm. it well they'll link your stuff and then they'll write about they'll say like you were the person that gave them the hot tip the ht is what they called it which (laughs) is not to be which could be htea but it's not so basically i i got a couple things featured on like barstool Oh, yeah. Uh, Let's talk Barstool. That's amazing. Bro Bible. Uh, another one. And then the other one was I had a meeting with Elite Daily a long time ago, which is a very, very popular site for millennials. They blew up. Oh. I had a meeting with them when they were first starting. They're like, look, they were trying to like get ideas from me. And I think they were, tr- I don't know if they were trying to partner, but I was, just, I didn't like the guys. So I said, ah, good. <laughs> and I wish I, I kind of wish I wouldn't have taken that route, but I, at the end of the day, I don't care. Money doesn't like fuel my, uh, my life. I'm more focused on peace and like trying to find what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. And I'm getting there. I've got many good outlets right now. So Mm. just been working on that, but I, I, 
that and Bitcoin are two things I think about like, man, <laughs> I, I I screwed up because people told me to buy Bitcoin a long time right. ago too. Uh, right. And I was like, you're crazy. This is stupid. Yeah. Well, you know, it's hard to try. It's hard to jump on trends when you're not a hundred percent sure. Yeah. And also financially too. You know, yeah. like so many people make money or had made money with Bitcoin and different things. But, you know, what I want to get back to for a moment is you pulling back from those opportunities, because I think that Colin shows immense character, because I believe I'm not believe I know. Look, we're both on social media. We know the insanity and the greatness of social media. Mm -hmm. People get really caught up with influencers and all kinds of stuff. And I, too, try to stick to my brand of what it's about. Because what happens is sometimes when you, you know, hand over the lasso and you allow someone else to direct it, it may not really end up to where you want it to be. So I, I give you immense amount of credit for actually doing that at the time. Maybe you think, well, maybe you never know where things would have gone. I mean, actually, Dear Media, uh, have you heard of, Dear, do you know what Dear Media is? Dear Media, it's, it's, it's a production company that produces women podcasts. And my daughter, who is my podcast go-to guru at mm. 25, was like, you should reach out, blah, blah, blah. The long of the short of that, it was like, this was maybe two years ago. I didn't have that engagement. I still probably don't have that engagement. But what I have is a core following. I do collaborations and all my other stuff that I do with communities that are incredible. And it's a numbers game. Mm. We all know that. Yeah. We can buy numbers. And numbers, and Rena and I always talk about that. That I a will number never of your buying. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I've yeah. seen it all uh, the, time. the numbers do not define who we are. So you no. know, Barstool and the other. Look at you. So what do you think about that? Comment on that because I see you. I see you smiling. Yeah, there. the Barstool yeah, yeah. thing was cool. I haven't always been a fan of Barstool. I actually used to not like them. I still am kind of like, all right. I like Dave because he's funny from a comedian right. standpoint because he doesn't okay. back down and right. he'll just say whatever he wants to say. And I envy his freedom to be able to do that because mm. I can't do that. I mean, I could, but I have a day job. I can't just say whatever I want. So <laughs> yeah, okay. eventually I'd like to get to that point because there's certain like clips, like comedy clips that I would love to put out that I've recorded that I know are great, but I would be gambling. And I would, yeah, I if they didn't, yeah, I if they didn't take off and, and my employer saw it, I'm like, oh shit. And uh, I just wouldn't go. Yeah. But, probably not a good thing. Yeah. But as far as the regrets and everything go, I don't regret any of it. Cause what I did was I took now that's college. I took the, the pages, I took the, the Twitter account. I took the, the Instagram account and I changed the name completely and rebranded everything. Love it. Did a complete 180. And when I did the Now That's College switch on Instagram, I lost about 9,000 followers. Ooh, yeah. Half, basically half. Um, I was at about yeah. 19,000 uh, at the time and just dropped. And there's some people like that were loyal Now That's College followers that still follow me today. I, had, right. I messaged somebody the other day because I noticed like, They've been following you since 2012 or whatever. And I was like, holy shit. So I shot her a message. I was like, thank you for still following me. Like, yeah, a lot of yeah. people just jump ship. They're like, this is stupid. Like, this guy was talking about, like, posting about parties and, like, fun stuff. And now he's <laughs> posting about feelings. And <laughs> Sorry, guys. I grew up and I quit drinking. Yeah. So I can't relate to, 
Like, yeah, I totally get it. Yeah. I get it. I mean, you know, you talked, a, you touched a little bit about, you know, addiction, oh, yeah. you know, and if you feel comfortable, of course, talking about it right now in this space, I believe you you said, or I'm looking at my notes here about, about six years sober. Yeah. So in May of 2017, I was running a failing business as uh, one of my first big opportunities to run my own business where I had people financing it. I had partners. I was running a cell phone repair business, which at that time, it was a great time to get into that market. And it was just failing miserably. Things were not going well on all ends. I wasn't doing things well. The location we had wasn't good. Everything was not good. And six months prior to that, well, over six months prior to that, I got an OWI. And uh, you would think after that, I would have been like, oh, this is a problem, yeah. but I was like, ah, I just got caught, you know, whatever. Lost my license for six months, was Ubering oh to work every single day, spending most of my money there because I wasn't making very much money at all. We weren't really turning a profit. And it was a, a weekend, and I would still bartend here and there. I used to do that as well, bartend okay. and serve. And I picked up uh had picked up a couple of shifts and made a good decent amount of money it was memorial day weekend and i ended up blowing all my money and i had just got my license back just got in a car because i told the other one not in the owi separate incident and i decided that you know i wasn't going to drive anywhere so i left my car somewhere where i was trying to be responsible and got an Uber and I was like, I'll get an Uber in the morning, get my car because I had to work. And I got to the place where I was supposed to get my car and it wasn't there. And I was like, shit, there were signs up that they, they were doing some like parade or something or some bike race. I don't know, something was going on in the street and they basically had no parking up and yeah, my car got towed. And oh boy. so I was like, all right, well, I had the Uber take me to work because I had to go to work. Then I called my mom. I was like, hey, my car got towed and I don't have the money to get it out. And it was just like, I had done that so many times, like call my parents, like uh, my tail between my legs, like I don't have money and I need help. And I was just so sick of doing that and sick of what I was doing. And uh, my mom asked me if I needed help or if I wanted help. Actually, she, I think she phrased it that way, which is a better way to phrase it. And I was like, yeah, I think so. And so I called a 1-800 number. It wasn't a suicide hotline. I wasn't suicidal, but I couldn't leave my job. I was literally the, the one who ran the store. Like my partners were partners. They weren't working partners like that. Yeah. So I couldn't do anything except for make this phone call. They referred me to go to a recovery meeting. So I went to a recovery meeting. I can't specifically say what, what recovery meeting it is because otherwise I would get in trouble. No, it's okay. A 12-step program. So I went to the went to my first meeting and then I paid attention and kind of got a good feeling about it and just kept going. And that's what I've been doing since. That's kind of my maintenance program on top of uh, my mental health as well. You know, going to therapy, seeing a psychiatrist, started to work out the last couple of years, doing things to keep my mind sane, basically, and not wanting to try to fix myself. Because that's what I was trying to do. Like, I was just trying to fix myself with substances. And I couldn't get the 
I was not a scientist. I couldn't get the recipe right. So, well, I think, yeah, I think that when you say that term, fix yourself, I think now you're trying to take care of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I know there's not an easy, quick fix because that's what I wanted. That's why I did substances. I could easily change. Exactly. How I felt. Yeah. Exactly. Do you think that circles back to you having OCD? I think it calmed my brain down when I did stuff like that. That's why I did it. Okay. For a while it did. Then it just didn't anymore. It didn't work. Right. Yeah. So that was your way to, that was an outlet. Oh yeah. Better term. Like I've heard many people say like they either say alcohol or drugs or whatever. They say that they weren't my problem. They were my solution. Right. Yeah. Right. And fortunately. And it doesn't work though. Were, it doesn't work. Yeah. That long. You were <laughs> able to, what would you give someone advice who may be going through? I know situations, yeah. lots of different situations of people, drugs or alcohol or so forth, where it's difficult unless you actually really have that core and also a support person. Will your parents support people? Oh, yeah. My parents, you know, I got a sponsor. That's helpful. Okay. And I developed a network of other people that are also in recovery and trying mm -hmm. to stay clean, stay sober, however you want to put it. People you with the same mindset. Community. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I changed yeah. my community. Yeah. 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 Hard you have to. Yeah. Yeah. You have to. When I say that from my own experience of knowing, mm -hmm. you have to move through different people that are like-minded. I like that word. Do you like that word? I like-minded. And I and I I keep going back to these notes that I was taking about you telling jokes, being on stage, and kind of like looping all the I'm gonna talk about positivity. Mm -hmm. You know, you went through your own shit. So many people have gone through your own shit, but you're able to put it in a way to make it positive. You know, that's always what I talk about on the podcast, you know, to, you have mental health issues. So many people go through, and I'm not negating guys out there, you know, what everybody's going through, but try to find that happiness mm -hmm. of something or that joy that makes you feel good. Kindness is also something I talk a lot about on the podcast. You mentioned, of course, when you have people message into you and feel good about what you're putting out there, it's an immediate dopamine. Would you Would you agree? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's very, and it's very humbling too. It's like, it's a lot. It's like you have a responsibility at this point. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Let's talk about, I want to talk about you telling your jokes, where you do this. Mm -hmm. And also about your social media. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Social media marketing. It's called social lever. But the social media marketing, it's actually something I tried to do a few years back before I got sober. And it just didn't work out very well. I always have liked social media. I've seen the power of social media. I understand the negatives of it. I totally get it. I know people that are completely off of it. And I envy them sometimes. But... <laughs> It's something that can be very powerful, especially for small businesses. And as someone who watched my dad and his business partner grow along with my mom and his business partner's wife, they grew a huge company out of garages. So like seeing that happen has been like growing up in that environment has been very inspiring, inspiring. And like, also I have a really good work ethic when I want that to happen that's the thing i have to be able to like focus yeah because i'm also 80 what 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 is the core of this like if you had to define it yeah so the social media marketing company is 
social reliever and it's basically the focus is to assist small businesses in managing their social media platforms so whether that's facebook whether that's instagram whether that's tiktok whatever mostly facebook and instagram around here those are the main ones that i've surveyed people i've talked to a lot of different businesses not just posting but like having quality posts and having consistent posts and making sure they have that digital footprint being able to engage with their current customers and and future customers as well because a lot of these small businesses they know they have to do it but they don't have time or when they do do it they rush it and they just throw stuff out there hope it sticks they're not consistent and i'm not knocking them; they just don't have time and i have a affordable solution for them because a lot of these digital agencies or marketing agencies will come at these small businesses and be like well yeah we can do all that for you we can do this many posts for a month and it'll be like 1500 bucks and i'm like and they're like no that's like more than i pay for my rent that's not yeah. happening so i right. come to them with a much lower number and especially since i'm starting out and I, they're helping me and i'm helping them because they're helping me build my portfolio and i'm helping them get a better presence on social media and also learning the tools so they can adapt and do things themselves too because there's i have one client right now that they just want me to do a couple posts a week and they kind of want to do stuff too and see how it works because they're willing to learn they just don't have the time exactly yeah what type of businesses are you seeking out right now i'm working with a i don't think they'd care if i said this i'm working with a company it's a two brothers that started a lawn care business they also do snow removal so not just for residential, but commercial as well. So they are uh, growing very quickly. They're only a couple of years old. That's cool. one example. So another one, I I also do website stuff too. So that's another thing I've kind of implemented that, that I have experience with that I didn't know I was going to offer until I started like asking other businesses. And I'm redoing their website. I just got done redoing a website for a couple of retired older women who make quilts. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Two, I love two it. Grandma's quilting. Shout out. Love to it. Yeah. Love it. They do I love it. awesome work too. I'm sure. I'm sure they incredible. Yeah. They're making more money than I am clearly as a podcaster. Cause we know we don't make money doing. No, this, we so. don't. Yeah. I've lost so much <laughs> money. I, I've spent so much money on equipment, but yeah. it's kind of like, a, it's a passion project. I like it is it. a passion. Yeah. It is passion. It's passion. So let's talk about your, where do you do this? Do you go to like a comedy stop? Do they have, you know, th- places like that? Yeah. So we used to have a club here in the Quad Cities uh, many years back before I started, but there's not an official comedy club here. Got we it. Kinda do bounce, we kind of bounce around different bars. There is a place called the Speakeasy in Rock Island. It's connected to a theater. And it's kind of like their vibe. It's like it's supposed to be like mimicking an old school speakeasy. They have I a love it. Yeah. really nice stage and pretty good seating arrangement. And they do shows there and they do an open mic once a month. That's cool. a really cool place. There is a couple others. There's a place called the Renwick Mansion, which is a really, really old historic mansion that's been renovated and upkept not completely renovated they try to keep everything traditional 
because it's I think it's a historic like landmark in the Quad City, so they can't like change stuff if they wanted to. Okay. Type okay. of thing. Buddy of mine has been doing shows there for the last couple of years. He's been in comedy for like 20 years, so he has a really big network. So he's gotten comedians there. Like I don't know if you ever heard of Kyle Kinane. He was there. Um, so I think so. Yeah, if you Maybe. looked him up, you'd be like, "Oh shit, he was in Denver, right. Iowa at a right. man at a right. haunted I mansion." I love it. It's haunted allegedly too. So that's a fun one. <laughs> that's a fun thing. They do some. Stuff I love around that. Halloween. So I love that. But yeah, that's I kind cool. of bounce around. We just kind of get in where we fit in, and there's areas around here that have clubs like Cedar Rapids, an hour and a half away from me, less than an hour and a half. They have a club called the Lucky Cat, which is really cool. And then there's a place called the Comedy Bar in Dubuque, which is like an hour away from me as well. So you got to do a little bit of travel and do the clubs, but got uh, it, got it, got it. A, I want to know why, why comedy, why comedy. I want to know why. Yeah. I mean, you said you said in the beginning of our chat that you, prior to having OCD, you were witty, and oh, yeah. I or I think you said witty yeah. or funny. So you knew right. you always had that way to connect with your peers, to see the world in a different way. I've, I've, I've spoken to some comedians on the podcast. Remy Kazmier came on to say hi that, to me. I, I don't know if you know Remy. I'm trying to think so of the other guys. So yeah, there's another guy that came on. He's going to kill me because I can't think of his name, but he actually is doing stuff, I think, for SNL. Awesome. So tell me why. Tell me why. Why? The why was different at the beginning than it is now. So at the beginning, I did it because... It was 2021 and things were starting to like happen. Like people were starting to like (laughs) do stuff again. Everyone's coming out of their little COVID caves. And I had just gotten out of a two-year relationship and I I had a lot of just a lifestyle change. Like I was used to, you know, spending a lot of time with my partner and I went from that to being single again, which was my idea. But I also like just didn't know what to do with my time. and. I was going to comedy stuff. I've been going to shows for years that get put on wherever I could find them. I just always have been a huge fan of the art. And I kept going. And one of my friends, it's actually one of my buddies, older brothers, and he would see me at shows all the time. And he would ask me, like, hey, when are you going to go up there? You're always here. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm like, ah, I don't know. I don't have, I don't have any material. I don't know what to talk about. Da, da, da. But if I look back, like I was always a class clown. That was like my thing. Like if I could get somebody to laugh, I would feel so good. And I don't know. It's kind of an attention seeking behavior. Definitely. When I was in high school, I got kicked out of class weekly or if not daily for saying things. That I like what'd you say what'd you say let me hear oh i got health class they sh- they should have kept me out the whole time they talked about anything about reproduction okay so they, they were talking about sex and you were oh couldn't handle it couldn't <laughs> handle it yeah there it, there was just too much material okay. and uh that was the one example okay. i could think of yeah i remember kitty kitty yeah miss for miss for it like my health Love teacher it. she did not Ooh. like me which I don't okay. blame her at all. Like I was an asshole. I, I wasn't an asshole. I was just a smart ass. Like I couldn't help myself. If they put out a line or if they put something out where where it was like chance to make a joke, it was just an, I couldn't give up on an opportunity, an opportunity for, to get attention and make a bunch of people laugh. I was going to do it. So it just makes sense. It just made sense for me to at least try this. And uh, my first time doing it was that I signed up for an open mic after 
my friend kept asking me and I was like, all right, whatever. He had an open mic coming up. I signed up for it in advance and I did not do well. I didn't like do terrible, but I was like, you know what? I want to try this again because I think I know I can do better than that. That's how it's been ever since. Like, I know I can do better than I did last time or, you know, I, I can write new stuff or I can tell this joke a different way. I try not to overthink it too much. It's more like, I'm going to do this again. I'm going to tell this joke again and see how it goes. Or I have this new joke I want to try. And now it's more like an outlet because like every time I go up on stage and I get like at least a couple laughs, I feel so great. Like it's, you can't compare that. If you want to call it a high, you can call it a high. Oh yeah. You can't compare that to anything else. And I've done a lot of stupid shit. So, and <laughs> I, you can't compare it to anything else. I love you're it. Basically, love just it. like, I love it. Almost chasing that. You're not really chasing that feeling. That's a bad way to put it, but sometimes you are. Some people are, but it's been so fun. And like, I've met so many cool people because a lot of people that I've met that do comedy are a lot like people I've met in recovery. Like, there's something broken, there's something wrong. And mm-hmm. that's why they do what they do oh because of course because when comedy at its core is where you are being raw about yourself yeah or your family i don't know if you know who jared freed is do you follow him at all jared freed he's been making a name for himself talks all about his family he's a jewish comedian okay yeah, I, th- I forgot what his HBO, sorry, Jared, it's something 37, you know, he's 30, 37 and single, I think is what it is or something like that. It's just, you know, when we, we talk about mental health and you talk about being raw or putting yourself out there. I mean, I think comedy is a great way to express that. It's yeah. A, to be vulnerable. It's uh, it's the most vulnerable situation you can put yourself in. Not the most, but it's up there. It is. I there. talked to, yeah. yeah, I talked to a buddy, the episode I just put out uh was with a comedian and we talked about just how vulnerable comedy is because he does music too so he, he'll do like mm-hmm. music shows and like play music he's like i could hide behind the guitar there's nothing to hide from if you're on stage oh, no. it's just you and a microphone and maybe a stand or maybe a, a oh. bar stool or something that's, that's it right like, no there's no true. hiding everybody's just like looking at you like make me laugh and it's just so much pressure yeah oh god and once you break that pressure seal though like you're just you can it's the best feeling ever it's awesome yeah i, I see it in your face yeah. you're lighting up there colin oh yeah what do you what where do you get your material what what is your theme of your material right. mostly like, obser- where, where? yeah mostly observational so yeah, and, i hear you or just i think of stuff i've done like dumb stuff i've done or just random thoughts. It's all over the place, but not, I'm not a storyteller. I know that. I found that out. I'm just not, it's not my thing. I may eventually evolve into somebody that has more storytelling Story, yeah. capabilities, but I'm just not, it's not my thing. I think I'm a lot like, I, I'm like a mold of like a bunch of comedians that I grew up watching. I was a big, big Mitch Hedberg fan. I think I started listening to him after he passed away because he was much older than I was. So yeah, like Mitch Hedberg, but like I also grew up listening to like older stuff, like Raw, Eddie Murphy. Oh yeah, I was mm-hmm. a huge yeah. fan of. Yeah. I didn't watch much of his stand up, but until like later. But Rob, I loved Rob Williams, 
And oh yeah, I was gonna say him. Mm-hmm. And there's just been a variety. And then I well, the biggest person that you know I grew up watching is Dave Chappelle. Like everybody okay. when I was in grade school going into high school, that's when he had his show. Mm-hmm. That was like what everybody quoted and everybody joked about. So I followed him and then yeah, like, but I still like study comedy and like Right now, when I I really like Shane Gillis. He's really funny. I like what they're doing in Austin right now. Like it's like becoming the new capital. Yeah, I I actually I heard that or something like that. Yeah, I that's heard why that. I want to go to Texas. But uh, that's why yeah, I think I think actually uh, Rena was telling me about some maybe comedy stuff. Yeah, Rena's not to. far. She's in Fort Worth, I think. Yeah, something like that. Jerry Seinfeld, are you a Seinfeld fan? I like Seinfeld Larry too, D- yeah. Larry David. Uh, Larry, I, I, just, I yeah. love Larry David. That'd be the tip-top person I would want on my podcast. Him and oh, Theo yeah. Vaughn. Theo Vaughn's uh-huh. incredible. I love Theo Yeah. Well, great observers. And I oh, think yeah. that really goes back to like what we were talking about in the beginning is about being an observer, observations, and just making fun of our daily Oh yeah. Because we all get so stuck in our what's so important in our life, but what really is important in our life, you know, caught up in the mundaneness. And I think people just at the end of the day, you could agree, really just want to laugh at themselves. Really. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. 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 That's fine. So my last moments with you, Colin, are something I call a heart to heart. And of course, coming from my heart to yours, from coming from the heart is something, I mean, we've expressed, you've expressed so much stuff in this conversation about your core and diving into things that are so important to you and your journey. But if you can think about a situation, when we say a heart to heart, that happened, that has enamored you, that has maybe changed you or made you think about something differently. It could be a situation. It could be a person. Well, here's a big one. Okay. So, and it's also, I can give a shout out to one of my friends. I was doing stand up in Cedar Rapids, and this was probably at least a year ago. And there was, it was a new open mic, and I was checking it out. Had, had fun, had a really good set. It was cool. The guy was like, Hey, travel from out of town. You can do like, basically you can do whatever. I'm like, all right. Cause usually open mics are like five minutes. So I did a little bit more than that. Had fun with it. Then I got off stage show ended. I kind of hung out and I got approached by someone I'd never met before, but now she's my friend Tabitha. And she was like, Hey, I want you to know that you're actually really good. I didn't, I'm not good with compliments. So I'm just like, Oh, I'm like, all right. Like, thank you. I appreciate it. And we got to talking a little bit and she's a podcaster too. Recent, like very new. She has a podcast called the deck diaries. It'd be right up your alley. She's really about like having having like the deep conversations like we have. So and then once I got to know her a little bit more, I understood why she said that because she grew up watching stand up because her grandma was a stand up comedian. Oh my God. And I she love started it. when she was like 65. And <laughs> her name was Grandma Lee. She was on like America, I think she was on America's Got Talent. Oh, wow. And just this quick, tiny little lady just, yeah, just had that just killed so Mm. she knew what she was talking about she wasn't just like a random person that told me that it was like 
she had met enough comedians to know like when somebody like has something or doesn't and mm. that's has stuck with me and also we've had conversations because i'm very i'm like my own worst critic so i'm always like oh i'm not doing this i'm not doing that or bitching about whatever and i talked to her <laughs> and i she yeah. last time i talked to her she roasted my ass uh oh, i love it i love which that. i needed i i need people like that to check me right. like i love people that are like supportive obviously i mean she's support very supportive but she was just like because she's so supportive she's like hey you need to do something about this like you're not doing anything like you're just right. bitching i'm like oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's good to have people like that in your life matter of fact yeah very matter of fact exactly straight up yeah but not everybody's like that no and no definitely not well colin i could stay on for the next few hours and just chat more with yeah, you yeah I, I can i can make for a long <laughs> episode <laughs> you have been so fun i haven't had fun on a podcast in a while i mean look i've had fun all my guests out like, there hey all the You're guests <laughs> no no you guys but i would say that and you understand this from the podcast perspective yeah everyone who comes onto the podcast definitely connects to me in a, in just such a different way in a different space and you've just connected with me in a way that makes me think about things a little bit differently and i like that so thank you for that perspective i know everybody's going to love hearing this episode yeah. it's definitely cool well you keep doing you colin thank you for your time thank you for your journey you are definitely an entrepreneur i believe you're going to be you're going to be doing more sorry, how do i say this you're going to be beyond barstool they're going to wish that they connected with you yeah there you go <laughs> anyway thanks everybody for checking out colin and colin where can people find you yeah so moderndayoverthinker.com for the podcast and then just link three slash c stray jack i think is the quickest way to find love it. it love it all right everybody have a great evening day enjoy your life be kind and colin thanks so much for joining me absolutely have a good night yep you too One, two, three, please check out my episodes on spotify and apple podcast and weekly instagram lives where i am honored with talented exceptional guests can't wait to see you all there